Welcome to the Corona Shifts, the podcast that explores the changing landscape of Canadian performance art during the coronavirus outbreak. The world is but a stage? Not anymore, sucker. Your you butt's not... <laughs> Sorry, we're cancelled, we're closed. Each week I chat with a different guest about their experiences in isolation and how they're adapting to the transition from the stage to the online world. Ah, this is going to be a great show. We'll have comedians, drag artists, uh, magicians, burlesque performers, um, strippers. That's right. We're We're the only podcast in the world that has strippers. Join us each week until this whole crazy pandemic is over, because I know you're locked up and you've got nothing better to do. And neither do I, really. That's why I'm doing this. I mean, I'm bored. It's been... It's been weeks since I've been outside. Somebody help me. Oh my god, how's it going, everyone? What's new? I guess that's something we won't be asking for long, right? What's new? Like, we're all we're all just holed up in our little apartments, you know? The sun isn't out much these days, so like, is it 7pm or 7am? What's new? I don't know. I took a nice leisurely stroll around the living room yesterday. I wore a thin spot on the rug. That's new. Just ate my last fresh vegetable. What's new? I discovered I don't hate spam as much as I thought. My girlfriend, Trisha, and I. We're both working from home now. That's really nice, you know? I make coffee for us in the morning, and we make lunches together. We don't have to pack food, it's just, it's just there. It's nice. My dog's happy, so there's that. He's got really bad separation anxiety, so it was hard when we both had to leave for work every day. But now he's like living his best life, you know? He just spends the whole day walking back and forth between us, giving us his toys and asking for pets. He's loving it so much having us home, I'm actually starting to think this whole thing was his idea. I've started treating Trisha like a co-worker, which is 100% for my own amusement and nobody else's. Like I'll just walk up behind her and hover like, ugh, Mondays, am I right? You know, asking her how her weekend was, even though it's just, we've been sitting in the same room together since Friday, March 6th. And I'll ask her, like, hey, did you see the mass Singer? She'll just groan and say, like, yes, Alice, we watched it together, remember? You said you think Alice and Brie is the night angel? I do, though. Every once in a while, I'll send her an email, like, hey, everyone, we're cleaning up the fridge on Friday, so if you don't want anything thrown out, make sure to label it. And then I'll just CC me and her. And the dog. I think I'm going to start putting passive-aggressive post-it notes around the house. Like, tuna fish again, Trisha, really? Reminder, this is a scent-free environment, so please keep your farts to yourself, Pancho. We've got a great show for you today. I had a chat with Selena Vile, who's uh, currently seeking refuge at her parents' place in Ottawa. Pour one out for Ottawa, right? 
I loved having the chance to talk to her. I'm a huge fan. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Selena is a Toronto drag queen. Uh, she won a Canadian Comedy Award for her show, a sketch comedy, Extravaganza Eleganza. And I actually got to work with her recently. I got to host her Toronto Sketch Fest takeover literally minutes before all this happens. Let's get to the show. Welcome to the Corona Shift, the podcast that asks performers how they're getting by when the bars are all closed and the shows are all canceled. I'm Alice Rose, and joining me today is the one and only Selena Vile. Hey. Hey, so glad what's, to have you. What's up, Corona people? <laughs> <laughs> corona people, I love that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we should be saying that, but I said it. Well, it's Things- happening now, yes. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Corona people will, will make it a thing. I love it. That's right. Break the stigma. Yeah. So you are our absolute first guest. Congratulations. What an honor. Oh, Thank it's an for honor for me. me to have you on the show as our first guest. Aww. I'm a huge fan. I'm in love with you. I think you're great. Stop. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. And it was such an honor to work with you and an honor to have you here. Uh, first question, I need to know, how are you doing? What's, how's the situation? Oh, I'm all right. I'm actually doing quite well in isolation. I, so here's the thing is that right before this all happened, my doctor, I've been going to see him for exhaustion. And he, he was all like, you need to slow down your lifestyle. Like you cannot go at the rate that you're going. You need to slow down, eat better, exercise. And that's just not anything that's in my vocabulary. Like, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Yeah, you don't um, tell Selena Vial to slow yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> you can't stop this train. Um, so now we're all forced to slow down. And mm-hmm. it has been heavenly. I have really enjoyed being able to sleep for more than four hours at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have enjoyed being able to rest and do nothing and turn my brain off. So I've been doing quite well. That's awesome. That's really good to hear. Yeah. I've been I've been also, so like, this is, what are we, like day 12 of isolation for most people? I don't know. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been working from home for about a month now. Uh, so okay. this is like, this is how I want it to be. Like, this is how I wanted to set yeah. up. Obviously, yeah. um, I had I had high expectations of like showering every day and mm-hmm. doing more outside than taking my dog out. But mm-hmm. um, this is this is really good and it's conducive to the kind of work that I'm doing now. So I'm really excited. Oh, um, what is the work you're doing now? I am while I'm doing the podcast. I'm not really mm-hmm. producing live shows right now, but I'm working <gasps> on shows in the future. Um, yeah. Working on a talk show, uh, doing Fun. a lot of cool writing projects. And yeah, I have an article coming out today for CBC um, nice. on, on sort of the same topic that this podcast is about. So it's about how to support right. comedians during the crisis. Oh, that's um, right. Okay. Yeah. And that's sort of what, what caused this podcast to happen. So I had some really cool interviews with people and I thought this could be a thing. We could have really interesting conversations about that. Yeah, Um, do long form. Yeah, but enough about me. 
Um, so tell me, because <laughs> <laughs> all of those things are happening and yeah, I'm doing like nine to five work from home and it's a lot of side gigs and stuff, but, mm-hmm. uh, tell me a bit about you, about your career. What do you do? Oh my goodness. My career has seen many different facets. <laughs> I studied musical theater almost 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I did that for many years. I did cabaret, did children's theater. I did a lot of that stuff. And then moved into the world of comedy, specifically improv and sketch, mm-hmm. uh, almost 10 years ago. And then um, discovered musical comedy, musical improv, musical sketches. I've been doing a lot of musical stuff. And then two years ago, I became a drag queen. So that's been kind of like my full-time gig of late. Right. And you're like, you're the hardest working drag queen in Toronto. I mean, people say this, but like there are some <laughs> very hardworking drag queens out there. That's who, true. I'm not going to say are harder working than me, but they are equally as hardworking as I. <laughs> That's true. It's a, it's a tough racket. It's something that uh, will take up a lot of your time. And, and yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a huge investment. Thing with being like so, comedy versus um, drag is that like in improv, I would just show up. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have to have anything planned. I wouldn't have to prepare anything. You just show up and you do it on the day, literally. Mm -hmm. And but like in drag, there's so much. Like first of all, getting ready for a show takes a couple hours before the show even starts. Oh, absolutely. Um, And then you are constantly hustling and finding your next gig. And like you, you try to have your month planned in advance um, and you try to get booked to all the bars. You try to get booked for special events uh, and you have to come up with brand new numbers. You have to like rehearse with dancers. You have to meet with your hair designer and your costume designer and your like whoever's, I mean, not going to say anybody helps you with your makeup. I had a lot of help in the beginning, but there's just so many facets to it. And you mm-hmm. have to be so specific about your style and who you are so people can really identify you and identify with you. Um, so there's just, just so much that goes into it. Photography, getting new shots all the time. Right. And Having you mix an your own audio presence. too. Yeah, I mix my own. There's some people who don't, but uh, a lot of us do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge time crunch for sure. Um now, obviously, um, those all of those tasks, all of those jobs, pretty much require a stage. Those are things that require like a live audience and a bar to go to. Um, so, absolutely. How has this isolation impacted you? Yeah, it's ruined my life. <laughs> no, the truth is, is that yes, I'm happy to not be working right now. Uh, I'm happy that we're all forced to not be working right now, but. But um, there is so much creativity that's being stifled right now. Because mm-hmm. um, like whenever I go on a stage, like I'm just living my life up there. And right now I feel like I'm not really living. <laughs> like I'm turning mm-hmm. my brain off, which yay, I do need. But however, I do want, like I thrive on it and I, and I crave it. Um, so there's no income coming in right now because that's pretty much the only way we can make money is by being in a bar and being on stage. Um, but right now what a lot of Queens are doing is they are putting on live shows. So they're going on Instagram live, they're pinning their email addresses and their PayPal information. So people can tip them virtually. Cause a lot of our fans are people who are salaried workers. So they have money right now that they do want to share with the people who bring them joy. So mm-hmm. people have been very generous with us. Um, 
and they drag queens are, are coming up with really creative ways to still put their content out there. It's really interesting to see how people are just like immediately gravitating towards the internet and like putting on shows on Twitch and on um, uh, Patreon and other types of platforms where you can make money as well. Yeah, I, I love that. I'm in a sticky situation where I can't do any of that because I decided to ride out this isolation period with my parents in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So I'm living with them in their tiny apartment where they can hear everything I do. Oh, and no. They don't, and they don't know I'm a drag queen. So like I'm... What? This, yeah, they don't oh know. My- like, it's like my parents are immigrants and they're old and they're, they, we don't even talk about the fact that I'm gay. Like I think my mom knows, my dad doesn't, but we don't ever talk about it. Mm-hmm. something that's like unspoken in my household which like I'm fine with I don't really care but like when I'm living with them it's really hard to like yeah, not be 100% is, myself right and then you have to segment that as well I I totally get that my my mom doesn't know I'm a woman and she gave birth <gasps> to me so no. <laughs> when's the last time you saw her no no that's a joke I'm sorry my mom oh is my super uh, my mom's super supportive and <laughs> I'm so lucky <laughs> to have her <laughs> Because we're not all close to their parents. Like, we're not. Yeah. Some people who don't ever see their parents or some people who don't get along with their parents at all who have no relationship with them. So I believe you. Mm. (laughs) No, I get that. And that was a terrible joke to make. No. No. Um, Yeah, I'm really fortunate. Like, my mom has really embraced me and she loves, like, I think she has more of a problem with me living in Toronto than, like, than being trans or queer or a comedian or any of those things. She just wants me to be safe. You know? Right. She's like, is that the right city for you? Because like stabbings happen. I'm like, you're, I, I we're from Sudbury. So like Northern Ontario. Oh yeah. I've been there. And I would think it's more safe to be in a big city where there are more people. And fewer guns. Are, like, oh, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and more people who are LGBTQ. Yeah. Like we have exactly. a community here. A much bigger community here. So yeah, she's, she's had the chance to come down and sort of see uh, how I live and feel mm-hmm. the city, and she's she's coming around. I like it. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyways, you were talking a little bit about uh, drag queens and being creative. I'm sorry you yeah. don't really get to do that by like getting out there online. What I am seeing, it's so cool to see all this content. Um, uh, people uh, putting on drag performances, and it's really unconventional, and it's in different spaces. And people doing lip syncs uh, like out of drag and showing mm-hmm. those elements, and then makeup tutorials and everything. Like mm-hmm. People are just putting everything online right now, and I see mm-hmm. that in comedy a lot too. Like people are doing live streams of everything, whether it's cooking or like telling jokes or petting their dog, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a really cool sort of side effect of the isolation is that people, creative people, and performers still need an outlet. Um, and, and they're finding those outlets online. Yeah. Um, obviously that sort of impacts the way they approach their art. Do you think that this could have a longer lasting change in how, uh, drag performers and how you yourself, now that we're forced to sort of be online only, do you think that could continue in the future? I don't know. I wonder what it's going to be like when the bars open back up again, because, I think we're all itching to get back to the bars. Like we're, we just want to connect with people again, because mm-hmm. as great as it is to put online content, there's nothing 
like immediate response from the audience, like having your audience right in front of you who are calling out requests and who are cheering for you. Because mm-hmm. you can't hear anything when you're alone in your bedroom. You can see the comments, but the comments don't even come up in real time. The comments are like delayed on your end when you're the one streaming. Yeah, and they're like 10 seconds or something. Yeah, which I don't understand. You think they have that figured out by now, but. <laughs> right, it's just text. Like it's just, it's just comments, yeah. but. Yeah. Who knows, maybe there's a reason. Um, yeah, so it's definitely like something is missing from that. And I feel that too, mm-hmm. as a comedian, I've been, I've been asked to do like, to be in my living room doing stand up for a live stream. Mm-hmm. And I've done it a little bit, but there's mm-hmm. no, there's no comparison, like both drag right. and stand up. They're very, very similar. And they come from similar roots, of course, in, in vaudeville. Yeah. Um, yeah. vaudeville and burlesque, but those are both art forms that are so, um, well, tell me what the audience means to you. Oh, the audience is the best. Like I could get up and I often do do shows for like three people. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but like, it means so much to those three people. Like you really see in their eyes and you see like immediately how excited they get when a song that they, that means a lot to them plays or when they hear a song that they've never heard before, but they see your performance of it. And they're like, I love that song. What is it? Um, and just bringing that kind of joy to them. And a lot of people have told me after my shows, um, how, how just like the, that they feel my power, that they just like feel so empowered after seeing me perform. And I think they feel, a lot of people feel this way about drag queens. This is why drag queens are so popular right now is because people are discovering that we do bring that kind of like joie de vie and like excitement to people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And without the audience, like, yeah, you can perform, you can show <laughs> yeah. makeup tutorials, but it's really not the same. And I, I can no, always feed off the where, energy. Yeah, we feed off the energy. We cater our act to audiences. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's that interaction that's completely lost online. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe this is just a temporary fix. This is just something that, uh, you know, I'm seeing a lot of in stand-up that there are avenues for performers to uh, to explore other mediums, but drag is something yeah. so, that's so intimate and so performance-based that, yeah. I feel the same with stand-up, though. Like, you need the laughs for stand-up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not getting an immediate laughter right back at you, it like is, you're basically bombing, right? Like what it the feels fuck's like the bombing. point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why like, even do this if we're not going to get the indulgence of that that immediate yeah. that immediate gratification? Yeah. Like sketch oh. comedy is different because you can write a sketch and film a sketch. Right, and, and sketch is written in a, in sort of a way where you write it and you workshop it in a yeah. vacuum and then you put it out yes. there for audiences where stand-up is not. I right. write all of my material on stage and I, I polish exactly. that over time. And I know a lot of drag performers do that as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so yeah. this is definitely a very difficult time. And I know a lot of our outlets aren't, um, aren't available to us. And financially, like you said, your income is completely um disappeared now completely (laughs) 
completely. Um, and but obviously, you have a huge following. You have you have a lot of audiences who love you and want to see you come back. Um, until that's possible, can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit what you think audiences can do to help support you or help support drag queens? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a spreadsheet. Uh, going around with all the Toronto drag performers, not all of them, but like whoever has added themselves to it. There's like almost, there's, I think there's over a hundred now of local performers who have put their um, email addresses and uh, PayPal information there for online tips. If you want to virtually tip us and help support us while we're out of work when we would be doing shows right now. Yeah. She exists on my Facebook. So if you go to Selena Vile on, um, on Facebook, you'll find that somewhere in my timeline. I guess I'll repost it once this goes up so people can find it easily. Yeah. Um, repost it and I'll find it and share it on the podcast site as well. Yeah. And follow as many local dry queens as you can. Cause like follows do mean so much to us. Just mm. knowing that our network is just, keeps growing and that people care about what we're doing. And a lot of us are posting ways that you can help us right now. Like, for instance, there's a photographer called Christy Boyce, and she has um, she shot a lot of incredible photographs of Toronto drag performers. And she's currently running a promotion where um, she's discounting certain prints of certain uh, performers. And the profits are being split 50-50 between her and the performer. So she's taking half and then we're getting half. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, that's that's another big takeaway from this is that like, mm-hmm. are we finding creative ways to, um, to, to get, like create content and stay relevant, but we're getting so much support from other people and we're, we're finding yes. opportunities to support one another. And yeah. that's so beautiful. I love that. That's what I love most about this community of of performing artists in Toronto, especially. Mm-hmm. Is that we're all so close knit and we're here to we're here to help each other and we're gonna get through it together. Yeah, we've really been coming together and it's been amazing. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's all I had for like scripted questions. Ooh, um, um, any predictions on how long this will last? I think it could be three months. It could be longer. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just a two-week thing. Uh, I don't even think it's a two-month thing. I think it's going to be a while. Because we haven't even peaked yet in Canada. We've done a, I think we've done a great job of controlling it here. Like, yes, people have been very stupid and been going out on the streets and like going out to parties and stuff. But mm-hmm. a lot of people haven't. And a lot of people have isolated themselves. And there are always going to be those stupid people, but as long as like the smart ones stay away, then the smart ones will survive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. As long as the majority of us do our work, then yeah, then it will will flatten the curve, as they're saying. Yeah, like, we will get and, like, to an end. But the U.S. is so close to us, and the fact that they have already surpassed China and Italy in the amount of cases that they've had. Okay, I'm watching these numbers, and it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> insane. And I don't think we're even in the top 10 yet. Like, we're still... Yeah, we're still really, low. really low. Yeah. Yeah. I checked yesterday because I'm psychotic. Um, but no, you're staying informed. I've you're just been watching, informed. watching, and yeah, the U.S. is so scary right now. Yeah, it's so scary that we share a border. I don't <laughs> know. 
Yeah. And I just I just read earlier that uh, the U.S. is sending military to the Canadian border. For what? To keep I don't us know. out of... We don't want to yeah. go there. What, what, is it, like, what are they thinking? <laughs> like, it should be the other way around. Yeah. I think that's a great... Like, we should be sending military troops to the border just to keep them out. Just so that they know how it feels to be, like, the country that wants to get out. You know? Yeah. The country that... Like, how does it feel to be the one who wants to cross a border to get somewhere safer? Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, but the thing is, I, the people who do want to escape and do want to go somewhere safe are not the people who are stupid. Like, it's it's the ones, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the ones who... Right, it's the ones who are stuck in this broken system and want to yeah. get out. So, unfortunately, yeah. it's the wrong people learning those lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Selena Boyle, the voice of reason. I like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you have, so far, do you have any, uh, like we were talking about how there are always going to be those stupid people do you have any like horror stories is anything no i haven't personally witnessed anything crazy everyone i know has been really good about it Mm -hmm. like a few people have gone out shopping which like i've gone out shopping just for necessities and stuff like i just went to booster juice because i realized i'm malnourished Um, (laughs) but no everyone like people in my circle and people I've been observing have been pretty good, but like you've seen the Queens university students partying on St. Patrick's day. You've seen the spring breakers in Miami being like, I'm not giving up my spring break. Yeah. If um, I get coronavirus, I get coronavirus. It's, like, yeah, it's not that like, simple. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. I know. I had uh, a scare yesterday. So <laughs> what was yesterday? Was- what happened? Uh, yesterday I had to leave the house to go to a service Canada and get like, I need my money, um, uh-huh. to try to figure something out. So it was my first uh-huh. time on a streetcar in nine days oh, okay. and everything was fine going on the way there. But on the way yeah. back, there was somebody, I got on the streetcar and somebody else got on after me and they were, um, they, they were obviously mentally unwell um uh, and you, yeah and you could tell he had like a sinus problem because he was uh, like sniffling and wiping his nose but then he was sitting on every seat oh uh, and he would get up and walk down the streetcar and then like sit on another seat and he's <laughs> wiping and touching his face and then touching everything else like the bars and all of these things wow and i'm just like i've become so agoraphobic for the first mm-hmm. half of this i was like it's just a flu. What's the worst that could happen? But almost overnight, I was like, no, we have to sanitize anything that comes into the house. You just spray it with Lysol. I've gone overboard with it. So just yeah. watching this, I'm like hyperventilating, watching him and he's approaching me and he's coming up closer to me. And I hate that I said it, but I, I, I told him, can you please keep your distance? Uh-huh. Um, and you yeah. could tell that he couldn't understand like he was taking Ugh. it personally and it broke my yeah. heart yeah because like one part of me is like people like deserve basic human respect but on the other hand like I don't want to catch anything right and I wish there was a way to inform him like if you don't touch your face and touch the streetcar that's a bad thing to do uh-huh. um yeah and then he left and somebody else got on the next stop with a box of, I'm just ranting now, but like, 
he had French fries. He had like a bag of French fries. Uh huh. And he had this curious little French fry eating habit where he would bite the tip of the French fry off and then spit it onto the floor of the streetcar. What? <laughs> In our <sighs> time of crisis, he's spitting tips of French fries um, onto the floor of the streetcar. And I'm like, we're all doing the work, but we're still doomed after that. <laughs> okay, you know who the real heroes are? The people who have to clean public spaces. Oh my God, yes. People who have to clean public spaces. Um, yeah. Cashiers at grocery stores. Yes. These people are our frontline heroes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I know there are people who, who you know, their, their service... And especially people who, like in other times of crisis, wouldn't be uh, um, an immediate service, like a like uh-huh. a necessary service. And these are people who are getting paid not great money mm-hmm. to go to work every Although, day. Although, like, good on Gail and Weston at Loblaws and Shoppers, where they're upping everybody's pay. Yeah. Like 15%. Mm-hmm. Which is like a hazard pay, because that's obviously what this is. Yeah. Because they and have to take fuck you to Amazon and Jeff Bezos, who's asking for donations to support his staff. I'm like, you're a what, what? billionaire. What? Jeff- really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask for donations. Wow. Uh, poor Jeff Bezos in this time. He's yeah, who my he just really goes out to in all of this. <laughs> just last month, he bought two multi-million dollar homes because he couldn't decide which one he wanted. So he bought them both. Like, you can pay your goddamn staff. I can't believe this. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, my God. I can't. All right. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. That's been Selena Vile, everybody. Thank you so much for this conversation. This was so much fun. And we did it. One episode. Yay. Congrats on your first episode. Thank you so much. Have a have a wonderful night. We'll talk to you again. All right. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. And that's our show, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want a little more Selena, you can find her on social media. She's on Instagram at Selena Vile with a Y. Next week, we're talking to the very funny and charming Greg Brown. He's the producer of the amazing YouTube series ASAP Science. And that's all for this week. We did it. Show number one. I'm Alice Rose, and this has been The Corona Shift.